On today's episode of The Glue Guys, there is a surprising amount of mm. Nets trade smoke, even though we're about to enter the NBA Finals, so we will talk about Paul George to the Nets, uh-huh. Victor Oladipo to the Nets, Miles mm-hmm. Turner? <laughs> no, no. Not to the Nets. Not to the Nets. We don't talk about Miles Turner, but we will talk about the big trades that may happen to the Nets. Plus, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were on a podcast together. Brian and I will suss out how we felt about their conversation. Mm, okay. Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This hello. is Mike here. Say hello. How hello. dare you? I've been trying to creep in earlier and earlier. Hello. Hello. Do you know that it makes my editing process 10 I seconds harder, them, Brian? I want them to overlap. That's I want it to be that kind of energy. How's it, Mike, how are you? It's the Glue Guys. Hey, it's the Glue Guys at BK Glue Guys on Twitter, netsdaily.com, the athletic get in behind the net. Get in the game. Get in behind the Athletics paywall for just a buck a month. Go to theathletic.com slash glue guys. iTunes, five stars. We need them. We want to have them. We are like a verbal NASCAR uniform with the amount of advertisements and promos that we do. Brian, how are you? Uh, I'm well. I'm doing well. Everything's good. Can't complain. You know what also is good? Victor Oladipo. Oh, getting Um, right into it. Wow. Getting right into it. There is, as I said in our little tease at the top, there's like a, a nice little bit of Nets trade rumors floating around the internet as we sit here today on September 29th, mm. the birthday of my sister, oh, Michelle. Congrats. Shouts to Michelle. Big congrats. Big congrats. Another tripper on the um, sun. <laughs> uh, so we will talk Victor Oladipo trade rumors, Paul George trade rumors, and sort of the overall impact. And I've won trade that I love that does not involve either of those two players that I will unfurl also on this pod. It does not involve Karis LeVert either. It is a role player trade that I think could really unlock a lot of things for the Nets. Exciting. Victor Oladipo, Brian. Mm. There's a report out there from Jared Weiss of The Athletic. Jared's a great guy. Jared uh, reported that Victor Oladipo may want out of Indianapolis which is where the Indiana Pacers play. Mm. Now, we dove into our thoughts about Victor Oladipo on our award-winning Blue Ribbon Levert Line podcast. By the way, congrats on the Oscar you won for that. That That's right. They give Oscars for that. The the posthumous Oscar that (laughs) I've already won. Yeah. Um, so if you don't know, if you haven't listened to it yet, I urge everyone to go back to our Levert Line two-parter podcast, which essentially is what we did was we figured out Karis LeVert's trade value. But Brian in the podcast was Victor Oladipo. And now we know for a fact that he may want to get out of Indiana. I, I'm not going to ask you a trade package necessarily, though you can take it there if you like. How? What are your thoughts on Victor Oladipo and his relationship to possibly being the Brooklyn Nets? Yeah, it's an interesting way. We talked about this when when we were discussing him on that on that award-winning podcast, as you mentioned. Um, I think the take back then was like, wait a few months <laughs> to see if he's still uh, a healthy a healthy boy. Um, and 
so that it's a weird time, I guess, for him to be asking for a trade. If that's if it's as clear as that, if he's just like straight up, I'm asking for a trade versus, hey, what do we think we can get for me? I mean, I don't know. Is the reporting as severe as like I I am ready to GTFO out of this out of this town? Is that what level of emergency I need to get out of this this off this team? Are we at? You know, I am googling that as you speak. Yeah. Um, like what was the level of urgency that Jared reported it? It's it, it is what it is. It's Here a, it is. Yeah. So taking the temperature. Uh, Jared Weiss kind of built yeah. buried an interesting piece of information into an article about the Celtics' future. This is the quote with Victor Oladipo looking to move on this off season, according to sources. So it was one of those like sly little mm. like, hey, it's happening. It wasn't the whole story. No. It was part of a story. Buried. Jared's probably hearing it from a few different places if he's putting it in there. Um, this isn't just like conjecture. It is reported. I understand why Victor Oladipo would want to be in Indiana now. I mean, Nate McMillan was fired or parted ways or mutually agreed to part ways, whatever way we want to discuss it now. Um, the team has been an awkward fit with Miles Turner and Sabonis. Victor Oladipo also seems like the kind of guy that really likes to be a team-up bro. You know, he has those vibes where he well-connected in the NBA. He's been in the AAU circuit. He's from the D.C. area, which may be the Kevin Durant mm, connection. Mm. An entertainer He's as just, well. Got a good knack uh, for He was on yeah. the, the Masked Singer. Or yeah. what was Right? That was the show? Yeah, some, yeah The Mask. The movie, yeah. The, the film. Ma- yeah. Uh, great, great movie, mm. Jim Carrey. Um... <laughs> Top eight, Jim Carrey. So you said top A, top eight, oh, top eight. The mask. <laughs> um, What's your number one Jim Carrey movie? Oh, gotta go. Uh, Eternal Sunshine. <laughs> oh, stop it! You're <laughs> such of a loser. Well, what you think I'm being serious? Come on. I knew. I knew that. That's what you want. You're. You're just. I can see you do, greasing do you, your palms. Do you read or, Infinite Jest as you're watching? I, I often do. Eternal I like to. Sunshine. I like to overlap those two. Yeah. Just um, get it all. Well, I, I mean, I'm not going to act like I'm cool. I mean, please, mine's please the don't, Please show. don't. You, but you have like an actual authentic, unironic answer to that is already in not yeah. cool territory. <laughs> Do you remember how big of a deal Jim Carrey was when we were growing big, up? Like, big. You know, biggest, and you know like, that a, a psychic told him that he was going to get famous because of three films. That's And that's what happened. It was a psychic in New Orleans. I, saw, I was listening, an old, old episode of Howard Stern is where I got that tidbit from. Do you think if you receive that piece of information that you would then believe that you would be famous? Um, I mean, you were you were a visual arts that's right. major. That's that's correct. So fame so was you already did maybe follow you. Um, you did follow a, a path similar to Jim Carrey. In, yeah, way. in many ways, yes, yeah, in many ways. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, but, but like, and then the three movies. Can you, you? I'm sure you can name those three movies. We don't have to. You already know. No, Ace Ventura. Well, but now, Dumb now Dumb. I feel like I'm on the spot yeah, yeah. and I'm not going to nail it. Yeah, you are right. And Eternal Sunshine. Ace Ventura. Yeah. No. Um. Anyways, uh, Victor Oladipo. Yeah. My general feeling, to put it out there, I understand why he's intriguing. The thought of Victor Oladipo defense can create on his own, of course, aggressive both offensively and defensively. He he has a nice vibe in terms of what he would bring to the court. You know, I had talked previously about a Spencer Dinwiddie for Pat Beverly and Landry Shamit swap, and we will discuss the Clippers coming up. Um, Victor Oladipo is is uh, ten times what Pat Bev is offensively, and at his best, Oladipo is not all that different from Pat Beverly. So you're getting 
uh, potentially plus defender and a guy who can create his own shot and fit in also with, you know, he fit in with Sabonis and a couple of other guys within a teamwork. Um, but you're 100% right. You don't make a Victor Oladipo trade without getting more data, right? It is like, I don't, I'm trying to think of like uh, some comparable within finance. It'd be like going on Shark Tank when a business has only been active for three months and they've only sold 20 parcels of whatever they make. If they're a, a sweatshirt printing business and they only sold 20 sweatshirts, but yet they go in Shark Tank and ask for $2 million for a 10% valuation. Um, well, it actually don't be more like Mark Cuban. You don't invest. It'd be more like they had sold like a million sweatshirts. And then for some reason they sold, they went on hiatus. Not, I mean, I'm, he didn't go on hiatus, right? He got injured, but then came back and sold 20 sweatshirts. They'd be like, so what's, so what happened here with the business? That's sort of where I would, that's the only little data point I would insert there. Their founder went the to founder. jail for insider trading. <laughs> yeah, sure. And sure, like he, <laughs> he now is out of jail. And there's a potential that he is back to the businessman that he is. I mean, let's think about Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart right. went to jail and came out. And she's better than ever. Great. Better than ever. Um, you know that but, she has a whole house full of but, full of wicker baskets you know, in Connecticut. Did you know that? She just has a wicker house. Um, Hashtag wicker house. <laughs> I think that there is going to be that there. We should take a break here because there's a long delay. It seems like in our whereby call. You noticing this? Yeah. yeah there's a laggy lag. Yeah. So let's do this. Let's take a quick break. Yeah. We'll come back, talk a little more Victor Oladipo, and we'll get into Paul George Goss. Week three of football is in the books, and now it is time to review the tape and get ready for week four. There is no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. And here's something special DraftKings is doing for new users. All new users can get the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. That's right. You can place a $1 bet on any team. And if that team wins, you can cash a cool Benjamin. How could you pass that up? I'm telling you, it is amazing. It is such a deal. What you need to do right now, go to your app store on your phone and download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code QUICK when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Here's the deal again. Pick any team during week four of football, bet $1 on them, and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use promo code QUICK during sign-up. It's for a limited time only. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey only. Profit boost terms and conditions and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for more details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So let me ask you this, Byron, about Victor Oladipo. Do you think there's any way that the Pacers would give up Oladipo if the Nets don't give Karis LeVert in that package? Meaning, is there any way they make that trade without Levert being in that trade package. Yeah, and this is why I kind of was asking about the level of urgency, which let's let's make a, a random scale, an urgency scale, if you will. Um, 
out of one to 39. Well, let's do it this oh, way. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy's career. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Previously massively hit maker, but her past like seven movies have not made any money. Mm. She has an urgent. Yeah. Very urgent. So Melissa McCarthy's career is at the top. Versus Bill Murray, who has no <laughs> zero urgency. Zero urgency. So <laughs> yeah. Bill Murray's the bottom. Yeah. What career is Victor Oladipo's trade? <laughs> no, I have to think of a third person. I would say it's Jennifer Lawrence. Okay. Okay. Because Jennifer Lawrence had hits and she probably could still open a movie, but there's still some doubt seeping in that like, wait, is she actually that big of a star? Mm. So I put Victor Doladipo's trade uh, desires and heat right at Jennifer Lawrence's career. Okay. Which is, there's some pressure. Yeah. But it's not overwhelming where like it's make or break. Right. And and that's important pressure to talk about. And I was more talking about the pressure that he's putting on Indiana to 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 trade him like right away, you know. Yeah, I know. And I had to I knew that's what we were doing, but also I had to like <laughs> somehow fit in this analogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I yeah. apologize. So, which is a close it's I mean, we're almost on on it, but yeah. I mean that and that's good to know too. That's also good to know that he's like Jennifer Lawrence in that in that very particular way. Um, and that's true. So, uh, but yeah, I would say like, depending on how serious the urgency that he's placed on Indiana is like, it doesn't seem like a good time for this trade for any party involved. Um, Indiana probably doesn't want to trade him while, while his value is unknown and possibly quite low compared to where it could be in a couple of months. Oladipo might want to trade because he just doesn't, doesn't want to be living in Indiana. Who knows why? I mean, for all, the on-court reasons that you mentioned seem legit as well. Um, although how much like how much tension could Miles Turner possibly be creating in, in this situation? Like he is he's fine. He's like slightly above average. But like, I mean, how much thrust does he possibly have in this situation? He seems like the one of the like ideals of a teammate, which is he plays defense at a really high level and then just gets the hell out of the paint. Just avoid like offensively, like here, Victor, here's the entire runway. Here's Sabonis. You get the free throw line on in. Like, I will float around the three-point line, and I am willing to sacrifice offensive buckets and offensive rebounding for you guys to do whatever you want. Like, it seems like he's a that that's the kind of teammate that you would want if you're Victor. So let's get let's dig into the goss then. What do you think is the goss? Like, who is like why does Oladipo want out if, if this is to be taken? At face value. I think he probably realizes the conundrum that Paul George also realized himself, which is like, what's my ceiling with the Pacers with a team that will never be able to bring in a free agent unless if it's like broken down Gordon Hayward looking to return home to Indianapolis, right? Like that the old IU star or Butler star who like if Eric Gordon decided that he wanted to come back to Indianapolis, well, you're not really getting peak Eric Gordon or peak Gordon Hayward. You're getting <laughs> like a little rusty, yeah. little creaky Gordon Hayward and, and Eric Gordon. So like, and if I'm Victor Oladipo, he seems like someone who is uh, like striving, continually striving to mm. be on like, to be noticed more for his singing or noticed more for uh, his game. He's a motivated he's a, he's a, person. A clout chaser is what you're saying. He's a clout chaser. Um, he is uh, so I can see him saying this is my moment. Right. And I also want to get traded now and not just be a free agent because my contract's going to be better if I get traded now and get sent to a team that then can decide how they want to resign me as opposed to only being able to go to teams that are going to have space next all season 
Now, there are going to be a lot of teams that do because of the Giannis sweepstakes, right? Like, there are a lot of teams that are preparing their cap sheets. Who knows what cap sheets will look like in Corona? I just think, like, your coach gets fired. He takes a cold look at the team, and he thinks, what am I really competing for with this squad? I want to go to these three teams for my final year before free agency to like win a bunch of basketball games, play really well, and then make a, you know, max contract or whatever he's willing to do. And the Nets are one of those teams. Like if he got on the Nets and the Nets wanted him and, you know, Kevin Durant wanted to play with him and Kyrie Irving wanted to play with him, he would have a great career or a great season and he likely would increase his value more than he would by being all the pressure on him in Indianapolis. But is he the guy, Mike? Is he ultimately he in, in your mind a Pico Depot is the perfect fit for for this for this trade? No. Yeah, it seems no. Particularly if you keep Karis Levert, right? A lot of overlap, a lot of weird overlap. Doesn't yeah, I don't know. And I think we might be able to do better. I don't know with the pieces that we have. Well, and I and so there's the rumor of the Drew Holiday. This is the Scoopy Robinson report, which we continually reference. Drew Holiday for Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, and two first round picks or a first round pick or whatever. You'd rather, even though Drew Holiday is more expensive and he's older, you'd rather have Drew Holiday for that package than you would with whatever it would take to get Victor Oladipo, unless the Victor Oladipo trade package is Garrett Temple and Torian Prince and a first-round pick, which it won't be. But that's like the only acceptable version of this, I think. I'm not giving up Dinwiddie for Oladipo at this point. There it is. There it is. Um, <clears throat> you want to talk about that Paul George stuff? Is that where this is headed? I would like to talk about the Paul George stuff. So this is coming from a source which I cannot verify as being like the, the it's Twitter. Uh, it's a Twitter. Yeah, yeah, it's Twitter. <laughs> it's so Jason McIntyre, who is a le- legit guy. You know, he's he started the big lead or whatever, or was head of the big lead at one point, which is a sports blog. He's on Fox Sport One a lot, so like he's a guy who hears stuff. He tweeted out the other day something that I thought was interesting. That was essentially, hey, after Doc Rivers got fired. It said, hey, look at this. Don't keep an eye emoji on this. Paul George to Brooklyn for Dinwiddie, Levert, and Picks. It would set up Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Paul George in the East. We did talk about Paul George before, Brian. What are can, your Paul George Can I thoughts? also just recommend, so everyone go check out that tweet, I'm sure. <clears throat> Based on what we said, it's not going to be too hard to find. Maybe maybe you want to drop an ad on that. I do recommend reading through the thread because it is a perfect encapsulation of what NBA Twitter, <laughs> the height of NBA Twitter thought profiles. I mean, like the it's the consistency of like people who are just like, like the same one-liners, even like one-liners about like, if they see someone who's like, a, like has like a Phillies, like literally a Phillies jersey, not even a, a 76ers like thing, just in their like profile picture. It's some guy like ripping on how Ben Simmons can't shoot threes like that. And then like in their profile picture, the, the bio will be something to the effect of like, Dropping, dropping truth, like not, like not afraid to say what's on my mind. <laughs> Stand back for this, these truth bombs. Um, so, anyways, it's some really good. I just did, like, got lost in that Twitter thread pretty hard there. Um, Here's a good one from Femi, who follows us on Twitter too. He says, "Carzelvert dash rising star Spencer Dinwiddie, six man of the year candidate, Paul George, playoff choke artist." Yes, that's a negative for Brooklyn. Yeah. So, I mean, like everyone. Everyone who is a Nets fan, no one wants that trade, which is like kind of crazy. We have goldfish memory, people. We have a there's an endemic problem of of goldfish minds, and and we all suffer. I'm not saying me like excluded. I am I am yes. this way, but like 
Paul George is <laughs> should not just be 100 like it's amazing how we just build narratives around a player and then, like that's it that's that is the beginning and end of any of his trade value he just sucks and he's a choke artist like <laughs> fuck that guy it's paul george he's amazing he's one of the like the top 10 maybe 20 players i mean obviously 20 but maybe 10 uh in the league statistically when he's when he's at his best i mean it's a um it's a really good nba player you guys um, and that's not to say anything about his trade value. I'm just mostly talking about how crazy it is <laughs> the way people talk about players with very small little like data theater moments. He is the ideal third star. If we're building a third star in the NBA 2K lab, Paul George is that. It is defensive versatility, really good shooter, doesn't necessarily need the ball constantly in his hands to be effective on offense. And kind of his personality, which he's getting playoff P that we now mockingly call him mm-hmm. his personality would kind of fit which is like yeah. he's not an alpha dude's not an alpha which is yeah. I'm not an alpha that's fine I, I you know I, I say that as a beta boy over here wow um, full blown beta, beta boy wow. wait is that bad but you, you had a, your reaction was like <laughs> wow Mike don't do that I mean if you want to own being a, a beta bitch that's fine uh that's fine Um, no that's an alpha move to own your betaness that's indirectly alpha oh thank you thank you um he he's kind of the perfect fit he would make the defense remarkably better he would guard every top wing and he snugly fits in as like third option guy i mean he is under he's not qualified enough in terms of ball handling and like pure shot creation to be the alpha on any team. I think we're discovering that as like second banana, which is still such a weird phrase, second banana. But as as the Robin on most teams, he is he's kind of 50 50. It's like I can see like him and Kawhi should work better than they do, but they don't. And Paul George massively underachieved in the playoffs. So like real like I get it, like real shots at him. Um, I still think if he was like with a ball, not a ball dominant guard like Russ when he was with Russ, but like a more charitable guard like a Chris Paul, I think he would do better. But anyway, I don't see why you haven't invoked Alicia Silverstone as Batgirl yet <clears throat> in the fourth Batman film of the of the nineties, <clears throat> which I can't remember the name of it because there's Batman Forever and then there was Batman. Isn't it Batman and Robin? And Robin, I think that's what it is. Wait, I thought Batman Forever though was the Alicia Silver, the Alicia Ili- Silverstone. Yes, Alicia. <laughs> that's how it's pronounced. Um, <laughs> no, that one's that's Batman Forever with Chris O'Donnell and as as Robin yes. and Val Kilmer and oh, wow uh, and and uh, what's his face? The guy, Jesus, the most important one. Oh my but god, Jim Carrey was in it. Jim Carrey way. as well as the Riddler. Jim Carrey True. was the Riddler. Uh, Batman and Robin, you're right, with Alicia Silverstone. Oh, my God. I have to think uh, of the Two-Faces Arnold name. Arnold Schwarzenegger, of course. Clooney. Everyone knows it's Clooney. Uma Thurman. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pat Hingle. Who could forget that Pat Hingle was in it? Old Patty. Um, and Al McPherson. <clears throat> so shot, my point shot, is, shot, though, that, like, you know, as a Batgirl, Paul George would be eminently qualified. I mean, like, let's also not – I mean, so, yes, the they're plummeting out of, out of prominence in the playoffs against the Nuggets – shameful debased terrible you know you should be humiliated i'm just kidding this isn't it's not so bad um but it is it is uh is not going to be expected to shoulder any kind of brunt of any kind of falling out going forward or anything it might be a good time for this and do you know if like so 
so Doc has left. What's the what are the memes on this team right now? Like, are the memes that they're trying to like do one year of Paul George after everything that they gave up for him and and, and flip him? That cannot possibly be the memes. That's why I don't want to doubt Jason McIntyre's reporting on this, but I question why the Clippers would ever think about this move, right? Because if you so Jovan Buhov, the Athletic wrote a really nice piece about the behind the scenes drama that led to Doc Rivers's outing. And the real reason why Doc Rivers is no longer the coach, there's a couple of reasons, but one of them is that he kept playing Montrezl Harrell in at center over Ivak Zubac. And uh, Zu is statistically, if you look at analytics, one of the better defensive centers in the NBA and Doc refused to play him. It had nothing to do with like how Doc motivated Paul George or helped Paul George go along. And if you're the Clippers, like, do you really want your team to become... So it'd be Dinwiddie, Lavert, Kawhi Leonard, Zoo, and, you know, whoever else they have out there at that point. I, I'm not sure. Maybe Montrose Harrell's playing still. But it doesn't really make you better, like, to to disperse that much talent. What you maybe want to do is try to trade Lou Williams for a real point guard or something. Like, it doesn't make sense why the Clippers would want to get rid of Paul George right now. And there doesn't, besides maybe that, there has been some reporting also from Sham Sharania of The Athletic that uh, players of the Clippers eye-rolled Paul George in the locker room when Paul George, when they lost the Nuggets finally in seven games and choking away a 3-1 lead, Paul George was saying to everyone, hey guys, everyone should come back and just like, we should all get back together and do this one more time because we'll be better next season. Like, that's not a reason to trade him and blow it up. And I also think that that's true. I'm not even sure that they do have to, tr- like, change that much. Like, so they had a great, like, you know, a slightly banged up. They were protecting their, their minutes quite a bit over the course of the season and then, like, tried to bring it together for a run, which, like, by any metric was pretty good. I mean, they got pretty far into the playoffs. Yeah. It was fine. And it's a weird <laughs> – it's it's strange that, like, teams are taking these drastic steps in a, the COVID season that we're under, right? Like the bubble, like how can you really fully evaluate if these teams are all heading to the bubble and dealing with weird situations that they're dealing with? I don't think it's just people are making drastic decisions in a really strange time. I have to say that they hit a like a really weird team to plan for in the Nuggets. Like and also like I think low key the Nuggets are going to be super good for a while here. I mean, that's an an interesting team playing like a unpopular brand of basketball at the highest level right now. Um, So a difficult like matchup. I don't know. It's a weird matchup. The the one thing I could see the Clippers doing, and this is why I think the Nets are out of the Paul George conversation, is I could see the Clippers making the Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul type trade, which is like one star for one star. We're not going to trade one star for like three good starters. Let's we still because you would still want a big two. Like Kawhi Leonard obviously has won a championship without having a legit second star when he won in Toronto, but like you would want. You would still want to have like a like Paul George next to you. You really wouldn't want Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis Levert if you're just Kawhi Leonard. So like I could see them making like Russell Westbrook for Paul George, and that would be funny. That the, Paul George gets passed around from team to team, mm-hmm. and then he's now with James Harden in Houston. Or you know you could see like Paul George for name any other star in the NBA, mm-hmm. but I don't think you make actually kind of if I'm the like Nets, that though, fit though. Kind of just thinking about the Harden Paul George fit now. Kind of, yeah, kind of that like makes it. sense, yeah. right? Again, I'm going to state this clearly, and I know people don't like this. If the Nets do get offered, hey, we'll give you Paul George if you give us Karis LeVert, 
and Spencer Dinwiddie, you make that, that trade. That's going to happen. Yeah, every, everyone, everyone that's being um, like hoity-toity about that needs to needs to take a long look in the mirror. Just go for a walk. You know, just think it just think it through a little bit because that's gonna ha- that's gonna happen big time. Um, before we stop the show today, I have two things. One, I just want to do this quick trade. I want to float a trade out to you, and then I want to talk a little Kyrie KD. They were on a podcast together on KD's new podcast. Here's a trade I like. Okay. So I'm reading Sam Vecini from The Athletic, and he does these really great team-specific draft boards. Sam Vecini is The Athletic's NBA draft analyst. He's extremely thorough. So what he'll do is he'll take a team like the Cleveland Cavaliers and sort of run through their roster and then which prospects then that they should consider at their draft pick. And as he was running through his roster, he brought up Larry Nance Jr. And uh, Larry Nance Jr. is known as a really good defender, versatile defender. And if you look at the rest of the roster, so they have Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, two young guards that they hope to be really good. They have Kevin Porter Jr., another young guard that they really like. And then they have Kevin Love and Andre Drummond, who Love probably isn't going anywhere because no one's going to want him. And Drummond's probably going to stay because he's going to get max money on a player option. And he's not going to get max money if he leaves. Um, Greg Logan's favorite player, by the way, Andre Drummond. So the... A guy like Larry Nance Jr., who's making $12 million a year on a bad team, who is a role player, may not really fit there, right? Like, there may not be much necessity for him, even though he has a lot of value. I love myself (laughs) some Larry Nance Jr. And I think he is the exact type of player that the Nets should be targeting. He Hmm. is... He was on the Lakers, so he got plenty of publicity. He's a dunk contest guy, so many people know him. But... He's like the Jeremy Grant trade that the Nuggets made to get Jeremy Grant from Oklahoma City. They're pretty similar players. And it's like that, like Jeremy Grant would be amazing on the Nets, but that type of player is exactly who the Nets should be targeting, which is like the mid-tier role player who has defensive versatility. Larry Nance shot 35% from three this year. Um, He only shot three attempts a game, so it wasn't like an extreme volume. So but 35% is is good enough to where if he's out on the floor with KD, Kyrie, and Joe Harris and Karis LeVert or whatever, he's going to give you enough shooting that it, it'll make sense. Plus, he can play small ball five enough. It, I'm interested. So just looking because I, I, I always thought of him as a big, like a true big, and he is not at all. He is 6'7". That is a hybrid, a weird hybrid. A weird hybrid. He looks like he looks like he's like six ten. The way he kind of plays, yeah. particularly because of his athleticism and he has some length to him. But he's only six seven. So he's yeah. If he plays center, it's more of that PJ Tucker center and Robert Covington center than it is like. But it's Joel but it's not even that because it actually looks like center, which is what's like those guys don't like like look like centers, I guess to me, or like play like it. But he like is right. is. Yeah, he's like the centers on on my on my high school team that were six seven, <laughs> just like stiff like centers. <laughs> So here's what I'd be willing to give up for Larry Nance Jr. pretty easily. And I am i don't know if the, if you can convince the Cavs of this, but I would give up this year's first and Torian Prince to work the contract. This year's first and Torian Prince for Larry Nance Jr. Because, I mean, I don't want Torian. I don't really care about Torian Prince all that much. I'll be honest. Like, I'll just like, I'll put it out there. Um, but this year's first is is a valuable pick particularly for a rebuilding team like the Cavs, where they could get another bite at the apple. Um, It's number 19 overall. And 
you know, Torian Prince is not completely negative value. He's he would be adding actually a position a need for the Cavs. They do need a, a small forward who can shoot threes because they have two bigs and two small guards. You kind of want that that wing player type, and they don't really have that on this team besides Dylan Wendler, who was a draft pick I think last year or two years ago. Torian Prince for for this year's first. I think I know people think this year's first is too rich, but <clears throat> Larry Nance Jr. would provide a lot of flexibility defensively for this team. And this on a day where Nets Daily has an article about Jalen Smith from your Maryland. Yeah, I do, I'm not a Jalen Smith uh, buyer. Oh wow, a guy who's watched oh, every Maryland game in the last twenty <laughs> some odd years is that? Look, look at Hudson Flynn, by the way, of talking Nets. Probably know. I think he goes to Maryland and. <laughs> is currently in college right now. Is that a big shout out to Hudson? Big shout out. Yeah, big fan, big fan. Um, look at Jalen's legs, Brian. Okay. If you can Google Jalen Smith's legs. All right. <laughs> they are skinnier oh, than my wife's okay. legs. Um, and my wife has got a set of legs on her. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Uh, he, he's this, he is one of the weirder bodies. He is built at the, he's like Dwight Howard at the top uh-huh. and Shane Larkin at the bottom. So you're, this is, this is a, a classic glue guys take. We're just basing it entirely on the shape of the body here. This is <laughs> this is where we're where we're at with our analysis. Jalen Smith is athletic. He can shoot threes, and he can not not necessarily handle the ball, but he's not a disaster putting the ball on the floor for a second. But he's a weird body type. <laughs> this is I just- don't think. I don't think he can bang down this low. Is just an elaborate like prejudice against this body type. Against look at his legs. I mean, Google it's, Jalen Smith legs. It's very his, much his of, the, is, of the Clint Capella his, sort of model, right? There's his like a, nickname is Sticks because his legs are so skinny. <laughs> it's banging, insane. Banging is is not in vogue anymore. We already have, and we have two bangers, like sort of, I guess. We, As, got, we got enough bang bros, yeah, you know. Exactly. We're already on. We're bang, fans. We're on the bang bus already. Um, check out. So yeah, so I'm willing to give up a shot at Jalen Smith. For wow, there, Larry Nance Jr. By the way, I should mention his contract: four years declining. I think maybe then it will be three years declining salary at like eleven, ten, and nine. That's a pretty good, like that's a good contract to have for a role player. He would be easy to trade on some level. I, I and again, I'm talking. This is Jeremy Grant before we started talking about Jeremy Grant so much. Larry Nance Jr. is that. So if you want Jeremy Grant, go get Larry Nance Jr. And he's a guy who can play crunch time for you defensively for sure. And he provides a lot of defensive versatility. Can I also say this? Whoever is representing Jalen Smith is working overtime the last 24 hours. We're, we got a Sports Illustrated spot for the Raptors taking a deep look at Maryland's floor spacing big Jalen Smith. We have Air Alamo reporting on NBA draft prospect Jalen Smith saying all the right things about the San Antonio Spurs. We have your boys at Nets Daily talking about Maryland's Jalen Smith says Nets were aggressive in pursuing and then him in the draft interview. This guy is motor mugging. Now I'm off. I'm, I'm selling Jalen <laughs> selling Jalen Smith too. Plus also we have Jalen Hands already. So our Jalen quota is um is met. Is just too high. It's One incredible, is it's incredibly high. Our cup runneth over of, of Jalen. Um, <laughs> they'll have to like, you have to bring both Jalen's in and do one of the, the challenges from the show, the challenge. Uh, maybe one where they have like someone strapped to their back as a backpack and then they have to run and someone has to do something. We'll figure yeah, it out. Yeah, workshop, workshop, that, it. workshop that. One last thing here and then we'll be gone and out of your ears. 
Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on, on a podcast together. Kevin Durant has his own podcast called The Etceteras. Okay. Um, his co-host, who I, I, I do like, I've only heard him, heard him for 30 minutes, but I like him. Uh, they met <laughs> Kevin Durant says he met him on one of his burner accounts <laughs> on Twitter. Amazing. And they struck up a friendship. <laughs> wow. And it's pretty good. Durant is a pretty good podcast host already. Uh, better than me. Which is sort of really hurts, Mike. That. What is this? What is this beta behavior you've you've been exhibiting <laughs> this episode? It's not true. It's not right. Thank you. That that's why I'm saying yeah, this. Right, so that I get it. Compliment, and me. that's why. But one, I urge everyone to go listen to it because you're going to hear Kyrie Irving at his most unfiltered mm. while talking to Kevin Durant. You listen to some of it. I listen to some of it. What were your impressions of what you heard, and what were things that stood out to you in the conversation? Um, gosh, what stood out to me? Well, <clears throat> here's a weird thing. We went to that. So, so we both did the same two years, a two year stint, a cup of coffee at Montclair Kimberly Academy. So we share that bond, me and Kyrie. Um, my, mine was, I was, was not there on a, on a basketball scholarship. That was not my reason for being there. Although it is funny to say like, he under kind of undersells like he's like yeah like everyone there like playing on that team like basketball was like a second uh, second option for them and that's a hilarious misrepresentation of how far down the option hierarchy professional basketball career would have been for the rest of the team at at the um the Montclair Kimberly Cougars they they that is not a good team they they're the worst <laughs> basketball program and you know much respect to every I, I don't know if the, <laughs> if this is true now a lot of people a lot of a lot of friends in, in Jersey who might disagree with this take but it's like the worst basketball program in like a 40 mile radius maybe like there's just nothing <laughs> <laughs> nothing competitive about that they lose to the other like they're ranked low in those other suburban private school that whatever that league would have been um so anyways yeah i imagine he was probably just like absolutely having the time of his life putting up numbs actually it sounds like he wasn't it sounds like he wanted the the real competition at uh, st pat's um so i'm glad he i'm glad he found it because now he's playing on the nets and he, that's probably why um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, I don't know that anything like rocked my world. Um, rocked my world. I don't know. Did you yeah. have anything? I, well, I think my thing is Kyrie is like one of the most, uh, his words are the most sort of put through the, the mill of the internet more than anyone else. Right. Like we, we can go back to the time when the players were having discussions of whether they should continue to play or go to the bubble after George Floyd's murder. And Woj called Kyrie, Kyrie the disruptor and Woj got pushback enough that the ESPN changed the headline. I'm pretty sure. And Woj retweeted the story and removed the disruptor category because what Kyrie was trying to express was a, a, a doubt about whether the players could advocate for social justice if, you know, they're stuck in a bubble. Which, you know, everyone is litigated. Now we have seen what the bubble is like and what is done for the social justice movement. I don't know if it's done everything right, but it's done something. Um, and so so Kyrie will say something uh, like, you know, this team needs to get better and we need these players to stay on the team. And then the players I don't mention maybe are the guys who are expendable, right? Like he says those things to the media and then we chop it up. What I liked about the podcast was why you like all podcasts is you get like the full picture of a person. You hear their words in full sentences in a full paragraph and you're not like just getting the New York post, like two words 
that are pulled out and put into the headline and then the one sentence that then we base the entire our entire belief system off of that one person. Now Kyrie is like I I mean I I actually really like hearing him talk. Like when he was on what was he on the knuckleheads that we like to reference when he was with Jason Tatum on the show? Like I you, when you listen to that interview, you like Kyrie more than you like Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum's a quiet, doesn't really talk. Yeah, he's conversational. Kyrie is will do it. Like he'll have that talk. Um, and he was like fully open on this KD pod talk. Like one of the best parts was him discussing actually meeting Kobe for the first time and how Kobe apparently afterwards with his team was like, who the F is this guy think you can just like walk up to me and talk to me and talk sh- like a little shit to me? Like that is great. Right. And, and so my takeaway is that Kyrie's better to be heard and, and discussed and hear his words than to than to let Twitter tell you who Kyrie Irving is. Doesn't mean you have to like him. I just think it's informative to hear the words come out of Kyrie's mouth as opposed to the Twitters. For sure. Um, do you think, you know, because <clears throat> Kyrie's a competitive guy, as you mentioned, and like that brought out the best in him, do you think that we should challenge them in some way to some kind of a podcast off like com- competitive <laughs> podcasting. I know that you wanted to do a 24 hour podcast at one point, so we can just try to like out endurance them. If that, if that is that your, <laughs> that's where you think we have them beat most. Where do you um, think we have I, them beat? And what, and what, uh, how many, yeah, how many hours do you think they, they would stay in and, and actually be podcasting? <laughs> to out podcast us? Cause also we have to think about how we would arrange this. Like we would be podcasting on our podcast. They'd be podcasting on, on theirs, but how do we, you know, how do we get, how do we compare them? How do we, yeah. how do we do it? Well, we'd be live streaming. Right. There would be a live stream aspect to it. Okay. Um, pulling out, pulling out all the stops. Yeah. For all of you who don't know, I, uh, because how could you know, I sent Brian a rundown <laughs> for a 24 hour podcast, <laughs> which like three hours of it is just like listening to music. Like it was just yeah. like, just like, Hey, we're going to music on and we're going to sit here and look at each other. <laughs> it was, it was, I thought Mike had lost his mind. I was concerned. But now I see the vision in it. Now I get it. Now, because you mean, want to establish dominance. A, you want to I, take a big territorial piss all over this podcasting game. I think if we did it once a year, it'd be a thing. It would be a thing, well, Bri. Right. If we did a 24-hour podcast live stream once a year, we would be Let's get it trending. Let's get it trending on Twitter. Let's get it going. We just need a good charity to to do this because you we need wow. we need to be charitable and like we need that the the veil <laughs> of charity is, to protect us from looking I like love, assholes. I love that they're now looking behind the veil at how uh like where charitable instincts actually come from. It's like okay, so we need to have a viral <laughs> podcast. We gotta get some all right, get some stupid charity involved. <laughs> Dude, it's why it's why there's every, for every charity golf tournament, yeah. the real reason is just a bunch of guys want to get together and play golf and drink, but yet they say yeah. we will, will do it for charity. Smart. That is why these things happen. Smart. So smart. we are those assholes. Good. Or I am. You're not. You didn't agree to do it yet. Well now, I mean, if it's gonna be a podcast off, I'm I'm down. Um well Here's the facts. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at BKGlueGuys, NetSilly.com, The Athletic, and iTunes. Five stars. We need them. We want to have them. We need them. We want them. We have to have them. I was, there was missing. Yeah, we missed something there. Thank God. Thank God I picked up the pieces. Mike, we're going to need more from you when the podcast off happens, okay? But rest easy for now. And you did a good job. You've done everything. Crash it. Oh, I'm crashing. <laughs> okay. Bye, everybody. <laughs>